بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا ما بعد request everyone inshallah who's planning to participate in the program to please move forward close in all gaps sit as close as possible to one another may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make our coming here and sitting here from asr to maghrib a great means of our forgiveness, a means of our salvation, a means of us uh, gaining closeness to Allah and allow this way, the way we end our fast every day, inshallah. On a beautiful note like this, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept the fast of the entire day. I mean, fearing. So today, inshallah, we'll um, uh, be reading from um, the chapter on fearing the consequences of sin. Again, we are, for those of us joining us first time, this is the book, Kitab al-Zuhd. والرقائق of Abdullah ibn Mubarak and it's translated as softening the heart um, uh, we've covered the introduction for a few days and then yesterday we had uh, one of our graduating ulama uh, cover the first, top, first uh, section of it which uh, was about the desire to do you know uh, to uh, obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we cannot cover all that's written on each section because it's too long, too many narrations. So we'll just choose and select a few. So this top chapter is the fear, fearing the consequence of sin. Qasim ibn Muhammad narrated that a man asked Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu, رَجُلٌ قَلِيلُ الْعَمَلِ قَلِيلُ الذُّنُوبِ أَعْجَبُ إِلَيْكَ أَوْ رَجُلٌ كَثِيرُ الْعَمَلِ كَثِيرُ الذُّنُوبِ قَالَ لَا أَعْدِلُ بِالسَّلَامَةِ a man came to Abdullah ibn Abbas anhu and said, Which is better in your view? A man with few good deeds and a few sins. Overall, he has a short span, a short life. He didn't get a chance to do too many good deeds or he's not so motivated to do, go above and beyond what is necessary. He just does the basics. And similarly, he's not very sinful either. So he's like a, you know, a normal person, doesn't go out of his way to do extra nafil acts. But he also stays away from sin. Is he better or a man with many good deeds, but along with that many sins? So he's done a lot of extra things in his account, good deeds, but he also has a lot of sin. He said, La salam, Abdullah ibn Abbas narrated, I do not equate anything with complete safety. Meaning, there's nothing as uh, having less, you can't say none, but less or least as possible sins. Even if the action, good deeds are less, that's fine. But we have to make sure they're simply, uh, the, the, when the, 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 the register of sins should be as light as possible. So this goes to a very important point of, 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 of ibadah, that worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not only about doing good things. It's also a big chunk of it is about staying away from sin. And so doing good deeds, we see mashallah in the month of Ramadan, there's people pushing themselves, all of us. Who fast back to back seven days? But we're all doing it. Who stays at the masjid for an extra one and a half hour after Isha? But we're all doing it. Who wakes up seven days in a row, two hours, one hour before Fajr, and not, not pray Fajr at 6.30 or something like that, praying Fajr at 5.20. And how many people? Thousands, millions of people. So mashallah, you see the barakah of Ramadan, that people are doing good that they never did before. 
But the problem is, what about sin? Are they giving it up to that same degree or not? And this is what this chapter is speaking about, that it's more important to give up sins than trying to do a lot of extra good deeds. So staying awake at night in Qiyamul Layl, people love, if you tell people we have a three-day, three-night Shabina, Khatm al-Quran, we recite the whole Quran in, in three days. Especially people from Indo-Pak, they love this. Get them the chai there, maybe a little pan there, and tell them three days, they will love to do that. But subhanAllah, on the way out, they might be sitting there backbiting someone. They won't give that up. They might have a habit of missing, uh, you know, being disrespectful to their parents. They won't give that up. They may have a habit of cheating their business partner. They won't give that up. But they are ready to go above and beyond. You don't have to do one khatam in three days. MashaAllah, you could even do it in one day, by the way. There are some sahaba like Uthman anhu, who used to do khatam in one rakah. One rakah. Regularly, one rakah. Entire Quran. So you could do that. But you don't have to. What's more important is you st- we stay away from sin. Ideal is that we do all of this Quran and we do so much and then we also stay away from sin. MashaAllah, nur al nur that's the best thing. But if you have to choose one from the two, then it's better to focus on giving up the sin. Abdullah, uh, um, uh, Abu Al-Ahwas narrated that Abdullah radiallahu anhu said, a believer views sinning as if he were under a rock fearing that it may fall on him. A huge boulder. Or you can say a very heavy object. The fear is this is going to fall on me and crush me into pieces. Just like how you would be very very uh, wary around that rock. Similarly, a person who has committed a sin is very wary the fact that this sin will come and bite me. The sin will come and haunt me. That's a believer. On the other hand, a disbeliever views his sins like flies buzzing in front of his nose. Get rid of it. Right? There's no value to it. There's no fear of it. It's irritating, but it's like shoo away. So when a person, when a person says, Brother, you know the food that we just ate, that was not halal. What, how does that make you feel? Actually, the restaurant we thought was certified Or this restaurant that we thought was getting halal chicken It was actually the other one next door This one that we just had iftar at With all our family, this is the wrong one What does that do to you? Do you feel, you feel like, ah, well it's not my fault I know it's not your fault You were mistaken But do you feel, it's like you run over a squirrel Accidentally I mean, you have to feel bad about that It's a living animal that you ran over It may have happened accidentally but if a person has no remorse, then there's a problem. Right? There has to be some remorse over something has happened. A person has eaten haram, remorse. A person's eyes fell upon a non-mahram, accidentally, remorse. Right? A person has misspoken, spoke harshly, spoke uh, accidentally, backbited, said something out of place. We have to feel remorse. It's not like, um, you know, I, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it to break your heart, but guess what? Your heart broke, so tough luck. No. I've, if your heart broke from what I said, I'm very sorry. Well, that was not my intention. But it might have happened. You have a right. You could say, really, I'm, I'm very upset with what you said. It could. My mistakes like happen from me, happen from anyone. So then there has to be genuinely some sort of guilt. This is pretty, uh, it's a litmus test of our iman. What happens when you find out that you've sinned? Accidentally. Do you feel guilty about it or not? I feel like, Subhanallah, this is the problem Is that when the hatred of sin 
and the disgust of sin starts leaving our hearts, it's game over. When we become comfortable with sinning, and we don't feel it so, we don't feel so, you know, bad about it. That stop, stop beating yourself over. It's okay. Well, guess what? Nabi Allah says, the one who misses one salah is in fadail al-amal, fadail al-salah. One who misses his salah, if one salah is missed, فَكَأَنَّمَا وُتِرَ مَالُهُ أَهْلُهُ I mean, this is not the actual uh, source of the hadith, of, naturally. It's from another book, but I'm just saying, you may have heard it while going through this book. It's as though all of his wealth and his children and his family have been wiped out. And so Hazrat Shaykh Zakari gives the example of someone coming and he comes to his house and the whole house is gone. But where's your house? It was a fire. Everything burnt. You come back from a journey, everything's burnt, finished. There's nothing left. What about the occupants? They're all dead. How would you feel? That is the way a person should feel when he misses one salah. So if, if, if we overslept tell you, I remember mashallah there are certain, certain students You know alhamdulillah because of the continuous Istiqamah uh, uh, and steadfastness and amal Of just simply performing salah with jama'ah You know there was instances where I've witnessed Where they missed their takbir ula They got late So they missed their first takbir Literally they got late from you know Due uh, to the masjid and what we've seen is genuinely breaking down and crying. Like actually, with tears. So upset, so upset that how did I miss my takbiratul ula? That's what happens to someone who have values these things, right? On the other hand, a person may miss fajr for seven days in a row. But he's like, man, what should I do, man? Nowadays fajr is too early. I gotta go, you know, I sleep late, go back early to work. Come on, how much you expect me to do? That's what he'll say. So the fact that when a person begins to take sins as insignificant, it's a very dangerous sign. إِذَا أَرَادَ in a man narrated that Sulaiman ibn Habib said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ إِذَا أَرَادَ بِعَبْدٍ خَيْرًا جَعَلَ الْإِثْمَ عَلَيْهِ وَبِيلًا When Allah desires good for His servant, He makes His sins a burden for him. You feel burdened by your sin. You feel guilty. You feel overwhelmed. You feel like you want to cry. You want to burst out in tears. You don't know what to do because of all the sins that are on top of you. However, if Allah desires evil for someone, He makes his sins attractive to him. There's no guilt. On top of that, guess what? We'll make a little video and post it on Snapchat. Make a little video, post it on TikTok. And we'll have people comment on it. While a person is what? Committing a sin. So these are people you know for sure that they don't have a good future unless some 180 turn happens. But Allah Azza wa Jal is not desiring good for them because the fact that a person can be, be, uh, be sinful and then be so unfortunate that he doesn't realize it and just laughs it off and makes a joke out of it, very dangerous. Very dangerous. Awza'i said, I heard Bilal ibn Sa'ad saying, لا تنظر إلى صغر الخطيئة do not look at the insignificance of the air. Do not look at the insignificance of the air. But instead, consider and look at the one who you have disobeyed. Who have you disobeyed? That's the more important thing than the degree of disobedience. It's the fact that this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How dare we disobey Him, even if it means something simple and small. But it's dealing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You and I don't have a right to sit there and disobey Him. What is the uh, gist of this? They say that's why 
Focus on the one who's giving you the command before you focus on the command itself. Because someone say it's just a sunnah, but whose sunnah? My sunnah? Your sunnah? Then throw it in the garbage. Whose sunnah? It's a sunnah of Habib Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Oh, is it something he did all the time? Did he do it once? Did he do it twice? Did he really ask us to do it? It doesn't make a difference. If it's Rasulullah sallallahu sunnah, look at it someone, look at the people who idolize basketball stars and soccer stars and football. How they like to wear the same uh, you know, jersey? How do they like to wear the same cap in a certain manner? How do they like to even spit on the field the way they do? Chew gum the way they do? Every single thing, the walk has got to be the same. The statements got to be the same. Is that, is that something that they've asked us to do? Did they get paid for this? Nothing. But instead, what is it? It is the muhabba. What is it? Love. Admiration. So where is the love for Rasulullah That's it. Some people say, brother, the deen is not, I'm being honest, the deen is not in the topi. The deen is not in the beard. The deen is not in dress. There's more things into deen than that. Okay, I agree. But can, can, what about the prophets? What are the, how do the prophets look like? What, what about the aspect of love? Let's not get into the fiqhi discussion. Where's the love? One person, he told me, he was a youngster. He said, many scholars came to our masjid in, in, in different, in, in the year, over the years. And the importance of the beard, etc. I heard, I asked them. Never really hit the mahar. Like, ah, it's, it's only sunnah. Beneficial. It's not fard, you know, etc. He said, one day, I was walking down the street. And a thought came to me. And I said, if the Prophet ﷺ is walking down this cosmic, you know, this, this downtown. He was in a downtown of a big city. He said, if he was walking down this street and he looked at me dressed the way I am, would he say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah? Or would he say, Assalamu ala man ittaba'al huda? Assalamu ala man ittaba'al huda is a salam you give to a non-Muslim. Salam upon whoever follows the guidance. Because there's no peace. If you're not following the path of Rasulullah, there's no peace. So peace upon you if you're a Muslim. Otherwise, we make dua for peace upon anyone who follows the guidance. That Allah guide you towards peace. So he said, this thought randomly came to me while I'm walking down downtown. And I realized, no, I'm dressed in a certain manner. Like, I don't, I'm not covering my head. I'm not donning a beard. If, if Rasulullah were to see me, how would he be able to differentiate me from the rest of these business people running down from one building to the other, running across with their lunch hour, this, that, and their briefcases in the hand? I look like the rest of them. He said, that's it. That was a turning point. That thought came to me, it stuck with me, and no bayan, no lecture of any scholar had that much effect as this thought had. Of course, it was from Allah. The malaika, all the barakah of all the talks he attended. SubhanAllah, one day the angels, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala probably sent it, and they put this thought in his mind. So the issue is about love. That's what it is. If you truly love Rasulullah, then you'll want to eat what he ate, sit the way he sat, dress the way he dressed, every single thing. And then people can make fun of you, and you'll say, I don't care, I'm in love. That's what happens every day. You tell youth, what are you doing? You tell girls, you tell boys, what are you doing? Oh brother, I'm in love. Come on, you look at your education going down the drain. Where's the match over here? What are you doing over here? You're talking all night. Come on, you have a school exam. But I'm in love. That's true, but that's what love does to you. When a person is in love with Rasulullah he doesn't care who makes fun of him. Who says you look archaic, you don't belong over here. You look from a different era. You know, you look uh, like uh, unprofessional, etc., etc. You can call me all the names you want, but the ishq and the love of Rasulullah, you can't take it out. That's what we need to focus on. 
we need to focus on loving the Prophet And love of the Prophet comes through prophetic ways. I find it very ajib that people sit together and say, let's speak about the Prophet love. And while they're reading some poetry, they've got some drums playing in the back. They've got some girls and guys dressed up very beautifully, attractively, sitting next to each other. Can you pass the tea a little bit, a little bit of green tea over here, a little bit some of that, you know, sweets and the biscuits. Let's speak about the love of the Prophet You tell me, as you know, regard, while regarding Allah to be present, omnipresent, if Rasulullah were to be coming here, would you be wanting to sit in this type of gathering? Where these type of things are happening? Ask yourselves. Right? Genuinely, let's leave all the you know, uh, harsh words and fiqhi discussions. Leave that. Just ask your heart. If you are around the Prophet ﷺ, would he recognize you? Would he not? There was, a, there was, two, there was two Romans. The, um, uh, two, two, two um, what you call, two disbelievers who had been sent by the emperor. If I, if I'm, I'm forgetting, was it from the Roman emperor or the Persian emperor? No, Persian emperor. And he said, go grab Muhammad and bring him to me, Wasallam. So they came. They came as soldiers to take Rasulullah back. So they came to the right. No, they came in front. The Prophet turned his face. So they came to the they came here. They're like, what's wrong with this person? They came here. The Prophet turned his face. So they 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 knew he's a respectable person, we shouldn't touch him. But they're trying to talk to him. Non-Muslims. And he's turning his face away. Three times. So then I want to know why you're turning our face away. And he says, Why are you looking like this? Because they had long mustaches and no beards. He said, Our king, Rabbuna, they used to call their, um, their king, the, the Kisra, Rabb. Our Lord has asked us to shave our beards and keep long mustaches. The Prophet responded, Walakin. My Lord, however, lacking means however, my Lord has commanded me to lengthen, didn't say keep a beard, lengthen the beard. I always tell the youth, I said, you know what, there's, there's no hadith that says keep a beard. Like, oh really? No hadith that says keep a beard? Nope. There's no hadith about keeping a beard. All the hadiths are about lengthening the beard. Ya'fa means to grow it out. And to trim the mustache. So Nabi showed his displeasure to two disbelievers who came to what? To arrest him and to take him back to Persia. Say, I don't want to look at your face. So when a person studies this and says, okay, it's not about what the ulama are saying, maybe it's not about what it would be. It's about what would my truly, I want to be, on the day of judgment, I want my Nabi to look at me and say, come, come, drink from the Holy Kawthar. I want him to welcome me. I want him to embrace me. I don't want him to turn his, turn his face away from me. So that's a sunnah. So all aspects of sunnah. Yes, the whole deen does not. Can a person have a beard and, and be a, 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 a tyrant? We'll see. We're seeing enough of those today. Yeah? So that, of course, that's not going to help them. Deen is not in there. Deen is all aspects. In your mu'amalat, in your mu'ashara, in your, in your character, in your financial dealings, in your social dealings, in your ibadah, and in your aqidah at the top. All aspects. So I, I was mentioning this, that look at whose sunnah it is. Our, one of our teachers, Mawlana Sulaiman Mullah, he mentioned something really powerful. He says, the Sahaba and us, what's the difference? We leave out an action because it's only a sunnah. And they would do an action because it is a sunnah. 
This is the difference between your love and my love and the love of the Sahaba for Rasulullah First thing today you ask anything, immediately they'll say, a brother is it fard? Is it fard? Or is it haram? But the dunya is not about haram and fard, man. It's like imagine someone says, it's illegal, don't do this. Oh, will I go, uh, will I be, uh, is this, uh, what is the punishment for this capital punishment? Is it hanging or death by, uh, by, by what you call electrocution, by electric chair or hanging, what is it? Are they not such type of crimes that gives you death penalty? Yes, they are. But is that the way you respond? Someone says it's illegal? That they immediately, will I get the electric chair? No, my friend, you won't get the electric chair, but you'll still, it's a misdemeanor. It'll go on your record. And if you do it again, you go to prison. Five years, ten years, not everything is about electric chair. Haram is electric chair. That's what it is. So stop asking if everything is haram. That's not what we should be even asking about. Haram is a final thing, going to hellfire. If that's an electric chair, tell me what is electric chair? Electric chair, you die after 30 seconds, 50 seconds, an hour, a minute. Jahannam khalidina fi abada. For a disbeliever, and for a believer, forever, however long Allah wants to purify him. Thousands of years. So our mentality should not be asking what is haram. It's to say, please tell me what does the deen say? Should I do this or should I not? Done. I don't need to get into the classification of makru, makru tanzihi, makru tahrimi, and what you call mabahin, haram. And this, that's not yours as a simple person. We say, please tell me what should I do? What am I supposed to do? This classification is for the scholars. And on a specific issue, they might give you, you know, depending on your situation, that okay, your situation is such that although haram will not be permissible, maybe something, something to a lesser degree, they will, you know, the ulama may give you leeway for something. Similarly, we should not be asking, Pai, is, this, is this sunnat mu'akkada, ghair mu'akkada, sunnat a'ada, sunnat Just do it. If Rasulullah did it, alhamdulillah, I want to be like him. I was telling, we may have heard us from us this story before. We, we, we had one athlete who accepted Islam, non-Muslim athlete. We hosted him some years ago. So we're having breakfast with him. He saw us eating with our hands, breakfast. He was eating with a fork. So he's immediately he stopped and he said, So what did the Prophet eat with? How did the Prophet eat? Now he's a new Muslim. And just coming towards the deen, you don't want to throw everything on him. He said, you know brother, just eat. So he says, literally, this, he says, no, I asked you, what, how did the Prophet eat? So some, one of the brothers was giving a more, like a diplomatic answer to explain to him, you know, so you don't want to make him feel overwhelmed. And then he just, he said, no, I'm not asking for that. I asked you, what did the Prophet ﷺ do? And as soon as he was told the Prophet ﷺ would eat with his fingers, and he, of course things that can be eaten with the fingers, he took that spoon, fork right there, Put it away and began to eat. He said, that's it. I'm here to become, I'm a Muslim. Once I'm a Muslim, I do what the Prophet did. Game over. That's what muhabba does. That's what an ashik is. A lover. A lover of Allah and the lover of Rasulullah looks at the command of Allah, the command of Rasulullah wants to follow that. And disobedience is like, no. If it's a disobedience of Allah, disobedience of the Prophet I don't care how small it is, how insignificant it is, I cannot do that. And this is where you and I need to reach. Ramadan... And, and everything we're going through This fasting Is supposed to create That level of self-discipline Self-control Where we can then say That if I kept away from halal Food, water, and relations With my spouse For all these hours For the sake of Allah Then I should be able to keep away from haram The rest of the night I sh- If for 30 days I practice myself staying away from halal For 16 hours, 12 hours 10 hours, then why can I not stay away from haram the rest of the year? This type of stamina has to be built through fasting. 
If that stamina is not being built, then there's a major problem and flaw in our fast. If we're already thinking about how we're going to sin after we break our fast, and if we're already thinking how we're going to sin after this Ramadan comes to an end, then my friends, this fast is unfortunately very flawed. Whether it's sinning of riba, sinning of uh, interest, sinning of lying and cheating in business, sinning of, uh, t- uh, 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 um, you know, backbiting, sinning of talking down to someone, sinning of uh, trying to harm someone in any way, emotionally, physically, whatever it is, sinning of disrespecting our elders, all of those things every single night and every single day in taraweeh and qiyam and tahajjud, suhoor, iftar, we need to be saying, Ya Allah, allow me to understand my weaknesses and my sins. Allow my sins to become as clear, crystal clear as the sun. And then allow me to genuinely feel guilty about these sins and repent to you from them. And then allow me to have the willpower and the strength to be able to give it all up. That's all it is. It's the willpower. We know what we all know what we need to do. Who doesn't know? But we need that on switch, the willpower to be able to say, that's it. From today, I'm no longer doing this. So this is what our fast is about. Every single day. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala us to reflect on our fast and allow us to gain the haqiqah of this, of this fast uh, that we then end up leaving sin and regard sin as something extremely weighty and heavy that we cannot handle. Let's do some dhikr and dua. Come close, brothers, inshallah. Sit as close as possible. Jazakumullah khairan. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam La ilaha illallah 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 لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الله على محمد 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 صلى الله عليه 
وسلم صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم استغفر الله 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 الذي لا اله الا هو الحي القيوم واتوب اليه so what we'll do inshallah brothers is we can all quickly quietly head downstairs for iftar and we'll make the dua from here so the, so we have a little bit a chance to have a longer dua and there's no uh, you know battle knock downstairs brothers at khidma waiting so everyone inshallah you can move downstairs and we'll, I'll make the dua from here inshallah all of us can participate from the dua downstairs inshallah please make your way downstairs quickly jazakallah khairan بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم انت السلام وانك السلام وتبارك يا ذا الجلال والاكرام اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك انت كما اثنيت على نفسك اللهم يا حي يا قيوم يا احد الصمد الذي لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا احد اللهم يا حنان يا منان يا بديع السماوات والارض يا ذا الجلال والاكرام والعزه التي لا ترام اللهم لك الحمد حمدا دائما مع دوامك ولك الحمد حمدا خالدا مع خلودك ولك الحمد حمدا حتى ترضى ولك الحمد حمدا اذا رضيت سبحان الله وبحمده عدد خلقه ورضا نفسه وزنه عرشه ومداد كلمه اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد صلاة تنجينا بها من جميع الأحوال والآفات وتقضي لنا بها جميع الحاجات وتطهرنا بها من جميع السيئات وترفعنا بها عندك على الدرجات وتبلغنا بها أقصى الغايات من جميع الخيرات في الحياة وبعد الممات إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم يا حي يا قيوم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا وإسرافنا في أمرنا وثبت أقدامنا وانصرنا على قوم الكافرين رب اغفر ورحم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العز الأكرم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار ربنا أفرغ علينا الصبر وتوفنا مسلمين ربنا لا تزق قلوبنا ربنا لا تزق قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين واجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين واجعلنا للمتقين إماما رب ارحمهما كما ربياني صغيرة رب ارحمهما كما ربياني صغيرة رب ارحمهما كما ربياني صغيرة لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إني كنت من الظالمين لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إني كنت من الظالمين لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إني كنت من الظالمين 
حسبنا الله ونعم الوكيل على الله توكلنا اللهم اغفر لأمة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ما تقدم من ذنبها وما تأخر وما أسرت وما أعلنت وما اللهم ارحم أمة محمد اللهم تجاوز عن أمة محمد اللهم انصر أمة محمد اللهم اكرم أمة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اهدينا واهدينا واجعلنا سببا وسبيلا لمن اهتدى ولا تجعلنا سببا لمن ضل وغوى اللهم اصلح لنا ديننا الذي هو عصمة أمرنا واصلح لنا دنيانا التي فيها معاشنا واصلح لنا آخرتنا التي فيها معادنا واجعل الحياة زيادة لنا في كل خير واجعل الموت راحة لنا من كل شر أو الله we ask you to accept our fast accept our recitations of the Quran أو الله accept our قيام at night أو الله accept our suhoor أو accept our يا الله alms giving accept our sadaqah accept our zakat accept our, our seeking of knowledge accept our sitting and gatherings of dhikr and remembrance accept our ya Allah making effort to understand the Quran oh Allah accept any and all good that any one of us have done our loved ones have done oh Allah definitely they are not of quality and they're not at the quality where it, it'd be worthy of your acceptance oh Allah but we ask you to overlook all the flaws in our good deeds we ask you to overlook all the mistakes in our good deeds oh Allah we ask you to Allah to grant it all of it qubuliyah and acceptance oh Allah oh Allah grant all of us ikhlas and sincerity in our actions oh Allah grant all of us ikhlas and sincerity in our actions and grant all of us qubuliyah ya Allah oh Allah whatever major or minor sins of the hands and the feet of the mind of the tongue of the lips of any other limb of the body that we have committed in the past oh Allah or present we're involved in oh Allah be it through our uh, through our finances to be it through our eating and consuming of things oh allah be it through any other means we ask you to grant all of us Ya Allah, hatred for sin. O Allah, remorse over that which has happened. And a firm resolve and Ya Allah's discipline to be able to give it up for good, Ya Allah. O Allah, we ask you to grant us the ability to control and subdue our nafs. Make it easy for us to subdue our nafs. Make it easy for us to subdue our nafs. O Allah, we, save, we, save, we, we seek protection in you from a, from a life of being a slave to the nafs. From, being, from leading a life in being slave to our temptations. From leading a life in we are slave to shaitanic uh, whisperings, Ya Allah. O Allah, we ask you to grant us all protection from the evil of our sins. O Allah, grant us protection from the evil repercussions of our sins. O Allah, grant us protection from the evils of, of, of plotting of shaitan and the evil plotting of the nafs. O Allah, we ask you, Allah, to grant us the ability to be protected from all of these attacks. O Allah, allow us to be surrounded by great company and by good advice. O Allah, we ask you to grant us the nur of iman whereby we will be able to recognize right as right and then be able to practice on it and recognize evil as evil and be able to stay away from it. O Allah, O Allah, wherever the Muslim ummah is suffering in any way, shape, or form, we ask you in this blessed month of Ramadan that you ease their sufferings, remove their difficulties and their suffering. Oh Allah, we ask you to reward them with, with, with the greatest of rewards more than they can imagine and bless them with patience, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, we ask you, Ya Allah, allow all those who have passed away to be forgiven. Oh Allah, all those who have passed away to be forgiven. Oh Allah, grant them the highest levels of Jannah for those. And those who are sick, Ya Allah, grant them shifa. Oh Allah, we ask you, Ya Allah, to grant us all those things that Rasulullah Sallallahu had asked you of. We seek refuge in you from all that Rasulullah Sallallahu had sought refuge in you from. Subhanallah, Rabbi. رب العزة يا ماسفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين